Welcome to Men Alive, where we examine biblical principles related to becoming conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Our host is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, a consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. Dr. Jim. Thanks, Paul. Have you ever wondered what makes a man behave the way he does? The Apostle Paul in Romans 6.16 says that we have two masters. We serve either obedience or we serve sin. Now, before you turn off the radio for hearing the word sin, it basically means missing the mark. We either obey God or we miss the mark and obey ourselves. When we become a Christian, we enter what the Bible calls spiritual warfare against our adversary, the devil, also called Satan, the deceiver. After a man turns control of his life over to Christ, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in his heart. The Holy Spirit is within or inside. The Holy Spirit is protecting us from our adversary who is without or outside. But we still have our sinful nature that remains inside us like our enemy's agent, defeated but not eliminated. At best, our sinful nature can only be leashed and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, before we go further, let's clear up some items. Our mind is our assigned domain. God controls all of creation and the universe. Satan, a fallen, disobedient archangel equal in power and authority to Michael, the archangel, has been given limited authority over earth. He is defeated, but not eliminated. As men, we have responsibility for controlling our minds. Have this attitude in yourself, Scripture says, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's from Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Our attitude is to be one of obedience and submission to the will of the Father. We are to keep our minds thinking about things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and of good repute, excellent and worthy of praise. Proverbs 23, 7 teaches a clear principle. As he thinks within himself, so is he. Now, number two point. Our adversary is limited in his power. He is not omnipresent, nor is he able to live in us as the Holy Spirit can. Satan is real, but external. Eve saw him in the Garden of Eden in the form of a serpent. James tells us to resist him, and when resisted, he will flee. And Peter tells us that Satan goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. During World War II, the Allied forces landed in France on June 6, 1944. That was called D-Day. However, the war did not end until May 8, 1945, when Hitler committed suicide. That was called 
VE Day. Three key things to remember. Satan is alive. Satan is powerful. But Satan is defeated. Jesus' death at Calvary became Satan's D-Day. When Jesus rose from the dead, Satan knew he was defeated. But Satan will not be destroyed and his kingdom will not be destroyed until Christ returns at the end of this age. That will be our Lord's VE day, victory in Europe, victory over Satan. On a personal note, Paul, I have a cousin buried in the Canadian Military Cemetery in Holden, Holland, the last cemetery before the war ended on May the 8th, 1945. My cousin died April 29, 1945, some nine days before Germany officially surrendered. Spiritually speaking, we will have casualties up to the last moment before the Lord's return. Stay on guard. As an old song says, it's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. Run if you want, run if you must, but I came here to stay. Our adversary is limited in power. He has been defeated, but not eliminated. Three, the struggles begin in our mind, the spiritual warfare. James says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Each one of us is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Our warfare is not physical. This spiritual battle goes on in our mind. Satan cannot have direct control of our mind. Satan can only try to influence our mind by seducing our sinful nature through external forces. To think of things that are not true, not honorable, not right, not pure, not lovely, not of good repute, not excellent, and not worthy of praise. You are listening to Men Alive, and we are offering today the 60-page booklet, Satan's Strategies. Request your free copy by emailing us at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Jim, how do we let Satan know that we will not give in to his influences? Paul, we give Satan progress reports every day by our words, our actions, and our appearance. The most significant barometer of the spiritual climate in our heart are our words, spoken and written. Satan's minions can read, and they can listen. Jesus said, The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Luke 6, to 46 Our words tell our adversary precisely what is going on inside our mind. James says, For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. 
Our Lord told his disciples, it is not what you eat or what you drink that makes you sin. It's what comes out of your mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We reveal our salvation to Satan and the world by our words. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Interrogators of Christians in regions of persecution will often torture a Christian until he denies with his mouth that Jesus is Lord. Paul Bilheimer, the author, wrote in the missing element that is necessary to energize prevailing prayer that binds and casts out Satan is triumphant faith. And the missing element that is necessary to energize triumphant faith is praise. Triumphant praise. Continuous praise. Praise that is a way of life. The secret of effective prayer is a massive program of praise. Next, let's look at our actions. Our behavior indicates who is in control. We are taught to give, to pray, and fast in secret. And God, who sees what we do in secret, will reward us openly before man and our adversary. Each time we successfully obey a biblical principle, for example, forgiving someone or showing hospitality to strangers, it tells our enemy who is controlling our inner man. Christians in northern Nigeria have suffered severely from physical attacks, resulting in destruction of Christian churches, houses, and shops. Hundreds of believers have been badly injured, many macheted to death, some burnt alive, and even more shot dead. Despite all this, the body of Christ is not discouraged. Instead of declaring and showing by their actions, they are willing to continue carrying the cross. One Christian articulated their commitment. We will be steadfast to the end. Another leader said, They destroyed our church buildings, houses, and business centers, but the good Lord is comforting us. The Christians are growing in strength and total submission to God. Our challenge now is how to rebuild our churches and continue with the fellowship to encourage each other. Third is our appearances. We've talked about our words, our actions, and now appearances. Proverbs says, A joyful heart makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. Proverbs 15, 13. Like our Nigerian brothers and sisters, our daily countenance reveals who is winning the spiritual battle around us. Let's agree that our countenance needs to match the joyful heart promised in the Bible when the Holy Spirit is in control. We can experience joy even in the hardest times. Let me conclude with a quote by Chuck Swindoll. He asked what makes a man the way he is and says, The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, 
a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the inevitable. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you and me. We are in charge of our attitudes. There you have it for today, men. We become men alive when we stand strong against the enticements and challenges of our adversary, the devil. We do this through our words, actions, appearance, and attitudes. For a free copy of our 60-page booklet, Satan's Strategies, email us at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.